Hey, voice teachers, it is Nikki from Full Voice Music. On today's podcast, podcast number 42, I am talking all about small group vocal classes. There are fantastic opportunities for private voice teachers to offer a unique learning environment. It is different than teaching privately. There are different teaching challenges when working with a small group, but it can bring in more income to your business. Now, before you get excited and you advertise your first class, there are a lot of important logistics you need to kind of work out before you get started. So I'm sharing all of those today, plus some experienced teacher tips to get you started. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hi there, voice teacher. Thank you so much for joining me on the Full Voice Podcast. My name is Nikki Loney, and I am so grateful that you have found time in your busy schedule to join me. Now, this podcast, if you are new to our podcast, is for those of you in the trenches in the private voice studio working with singers of all ages, really. Today, I want to talk about small group classes. There are a lot of teachers out there, myself included, who have offerings within their teaching studio, within their businesses, for small ensemble work, small classes. And this is something that I have done over the years of teaching. And um, some of them didn't go as I had planned, Uh, But some of them have been staples in my teaching studio. So, for example, I love doing harmonies with my teens. So whenever I have uh, a number of teenage singers, I always like to give them the opportunity to work together and learn some harmonies. Maybe it's a duet. Maybe it's a trio. I did a beautiful quartet a couple of years ago at Christmas. Uh, It really enhances their lessons And again, it's a great opportunity um, for me in a different teaching uh, environment. Now, um, I have uh, have a couple of things for you. So first of all, um, I have some inspiration and some ideas. You might not have thought of these types of classes, or maybe you thought about them, but you just weren't sure about how to get started. But I also have a list of important considerations and some experience teachers do's and don'ts because, you know, the best way to learn is by making lots of mistakes. And I have done that. So I'm going to share them with you so you don't make the same mistakes that I do. Now, uh, before I get started, I always like to start by asking a question. So here's my question. How are you doing? No, that's not my question. Have you had the opportunity in your teaching studio to work on uh, some groups, some small ensembles? And or are you thinking about some some ideas of how to get more people into your teaching studio? There's a lot of great benefits for the private teacher to expand and to make a larger income. Because if you didn't think about this before, well, you're going to think about it now. Whether we like it or not, if you are in private teaching, you have a cap on your income. And that's not just our industry. That's anybody that is working one-on-one. Maybe you're a counselor. uh, Maybe you're a tutor. Anybody that serves the client one at a time 
there's only so much you can charge for your time before you charge yourself or you price yourself out of the reach of the people that you want to work with. Now, um, and if you're working with younger students, um, there is there is a limit. There is a, there is a ceiling on how much you can charge for your services. So that limits us. But if you have the space, if you have the energy, if you have the sense of humor that it takes to offer small group ensembles, small group classes, you have an opportunity to make more money. And that is always a good thing. But there are a lot of benefits for our students uh, when they get the opportunity to work in small group classes. There are many documented benefits of small group learning. Now, classroom teachers use this strategy all the time. Um, students are often, um, their desks are put together. My son's class is actually groups of four, so he always has a new group every month. And uh, choral, uh, choral directors do this too. Choral, choral directors will take a larger choir and break them into smaller little ensembles and it's a really interesting exercise. So there's a lot of great benefits. Now some of the other things that that our students can develop and experience within a small ensemble, well first of all they're going to develop relationships with their peers, with their fellow classmates and this can go a long way in helping to build their confidence and the sense of fun within the class. Um, they can discover their strengths and weaknesses, their commonalities. One of the things in my introductory vocal cl class, so um, I have right now in my teaching studio, this delightful class, if they're on Sunday afternoons, I have six seven-year-old girls. And they are pretty special. I adore all of them. Um, and uh, what's really interesting is the dynamic of them. Uh, I have five out of the six are really shy. And I have one little extrovert who is the cheerleader for all of them. And it's really interesting because they've really grown together and they support each other. They're so supportive of each other and I'm so proud of them. And my shy singers are now starting to put their hand up more and volunteer to sing by themselves, which is so lovely. And it's just been a wonderful class. And I really enjoy watching them and watching the different personalities and how they interact together. I love that stuff. I also love seeing their progress. And um, we did an eight-week class. And today was our last, uh, last class of this session. And you know what? All of them except for one are coming back and I've already got the other spot filled because there's uh, one of the girls wants to bring one of her friends who also loves to sing. So they've had such a great time. We've had a lot of fun. They've made great progress and it's just been a lot of fun. Now I'm going to talk more about the introductory voice classes later on in the podcast, but the benefit of seeing them work together has been so rewarding. And I would also like to say that the shy, more introverted children in that class would have would not have been comfortable in the private lesson. 
they probably would not have enjoyed that experience as much as they enjoyed singing with their friends. And I think that's something that we need to appreciate. Now, I think if they continue in the vocal class, that some of them are definitely going to be ready to transition into a private lesson. And I'm really excited for them. Uh, But for now, we're having fun. Now, The reason why I think small group lessons for teachers is such a wonderful thing, um, first of all, it's a great way to change up your teaching style. Teaching privately is different from facilitating a group. Now, I have to be 100% honest, as you know I am. I am definitely a private teacher. I love that that one-on-one. I do get a little flustered and a little frazzled when all of the kids talk at me at the same time. (laughs) I'm not really good with that. My brain kind of freaks out a little bit. Uh, So it's a really good exercise for me um, to work with a small group. It's it's a different challenge for me. And I, I always love challenging myself. I think it makes me a better teacher. And uh, so <laughs> it's a definitely a different teaching style. Um, music and singing games. Now, I do a lot of games with my private students, but they take on a completely new energy when you have a group of them. In fact, it's way more fun. It's hilarious fun. And um, there's been tons of laughing in the class. And that's one thing uh, that the parents have said to me over and over again. Um, There's my so in my teaching studio, I have a lovely office, but there's a small little lounge just down the hall where parents can sit and relax and talk. And the parents always say on the way out, you know, I heard a lot of laughing in there. Sounds like everybody's having fun. And they are. So, um, yeah, that that uh, that energy with the singing games, even with things like you've seen before, if you've seen our videos on Facebook or if you've been to our our video, uh, been to our website, or if you have uh, participated in our webinar, um, you know about the vocal expression lines. So vocal expression lines for those of you who are like, what are those? Uh, the students call them singing roller coasters. By the way, uh, is where you draw a line, a curvy line, a crazy line on to the whiteboard and then you have the students sing it. That exercise is so much fun just one-on-one but in a class it's hilarious. The kids just have a great time. The other benefit of course like I said earlier an opportunity to teach less and earn more. (laughs) That is definitely a benefit that we all want to consider uh, in our teaching studios. Now, before you get into that, there are some logistics that I want you to consider. And I want to talk about that. You really need to make sure, well, first of all, I think this goes without saying, but if you are uh, running a business, you need to have liability insurance. And I don't know what country you might be listening in, but liability insurance protects you and your clients, your families, your students from mishaps on your property. Let's say one of your little kiddos falls on the stair and breaks a tooth. Well, who's going to pay the dental bills? Or let's say there's a a fender bender in the parking lot. Things like that can get really ugly. 
Make sure you are protected legally and liability liability insurance is essential for all business owners. Protect yourself, protect your property. Now, the other thing that we need to be very mindful of is the logistics of getting a whole bunch of people into your teaching studio, whether it's at your home whether you teach at, like me at a church or you rent a space. Um, there needs to be safe parking, uh, safe access. Uh, it has to be easy for people to get in and out. Now, this may not be the case if you are teaching from your home. And one of the things that happens a lot to teachers that teach in their homes is parking issues. Parking issues can make your life a complete misery. It only takes one angry neighbor and you could be in a lot of trouble. One angry neighbor that calls calls the bylaw for your city and you've got some splaining to do. Um, your business could be in jeopardy. And, and I know that I have had friends that have had those issues. Um, and sometimes it's ridiculousness. Sometimes it's so silly, like they just don't like the fact that there's cars parked on the street in front of their house, even though they're legally parked there and they can park there. It doesn't take much to make our neighbors angry and we really don't want to do that. So make sure you've got the space, the parking space, and of course, we also have to look at our teaching studios. Do you have a space that's big enough for your students to move? They're not just going to stand there and sing. You want them to move. Maybe you have to sit, maybe you have to stand, maybe you got them marching around, lots of movement. And just a little heads up, I'm so excited. My good friend and amazing music educator, voice teacher, Kristen Coffey Rondeau is going to be my guest on the Full Voice Podcast. And she is telling everybody about getting more movement in your singing lessons. Oh, her information is so good. And I've been doing a lot more movement with my students, especially in my vocal class. Wow, what a difference it makes. She's got some great information. So that's coming up for you. Um, but getting back to the size and accessibility of your space, if you are teaching out of your home, you also have to take into consideration that parents will be dropping off their students. They may need a place to stay. It is not cool to ask people to sit out in their cars that's not, I don't, I wouldn't like to do that. Um, you need to have a waiting area, a space where parents and possibly siblings can hang out. Now, again, I'm really fortunate where I'm located now, where my teaching studio is, there is a comfy little lounge with two couches and the kids, the little siblings can go in there and moms and dads can hang out there and they can still hear the class down the hall. So I keep the doors open and uh, it's, it works out really well. But I have to tell you, getting um, six, seven-year-olds and their parents and their siblings in and out of my studio is a nightmare. It's like herding cats. And as soon as I get four of them in there, one of them runs out and has to go see if she can find the other ones. And I keep kind of going, nope, come back here. Um, they love to run up and down the hall in my in, in the in the church where the offices are. And I'm like, guys, this is not a runway. Please come back in here. 
So it's a little crazy getting them in and out. So one of the teacher tips I really want to stress because I had to move my class around to accommodate this. Give yourself some time between classes or students. So do not book your classes or your next private student back to back. Give yourself at least 15 minutes. And if you're like me, and having six, seven-year-olds talk at you at the same time is a little overwhelming, you might need to take a little breather before your private student shows up. In fact, you will need to take a breather maybe a glass of wine. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do that. Anyhow. So, uh, make sure that you've got the space, the parking, and you've thought out about where families are going to hang out. All right. Now moving on other important considerations. Now there are lots of different types of classes and I'm going to get into that for a second in a second. But first of all, when you are setting the age groups in your classes, this can be challenging. Now, while the little ones are always happy to hang out with older kids, in fact, they really like hanging out with older kids, it doesn't go the other way. The older kids don't necessarily want to be hanging out with younger children. So uh, my recommendation is keep your groups really closely aged together. So when I advertised for my introductory voice class, it was six and seven-year-olds. And I got six, seven-year-olds. They worked out that way. Um, so with that, it, it's easier to manage their, their abilities and their maturity level. Um, so with uh, even with when you keep them that close together, the, the developmental level that the child may be at can be so different from a child the same age. So don't, I don't think you should blanket it. Uh, I've seen some, some vocal classes advertised. And it's, it's like eight to 12. I do not recommend that at all, at all, or six to 12. Don't do that. That's not, the, the 12 year olds will want nothing to do with the six year olds. There's so much difference between a six year old and a 12 year old. So keep your age groups close together. Now, most high school students, they're pretty happy to work together. However, we need to be very mindful of the boys who are experiencing voice change. So lots of considerations when putting your classes together. The other thing too, don't be afraid to offer uh, some opportunities to your adults. Adults are often looking for some sort of ensemble or group, uh, group kind of opportunity. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Now, the other thing that we need to take into consideration when I say small group lessons I mean small under 10 when it comes to my introductory voice class with students of that age I don't want any more than seven in fact seven was a little overwhelming I'm pretty happy with six the more students you have, the less opportunity you have to nurture the voices. And you will have a lot more distractions and you'll have more people talking to you at the same time and your brain will explode. At least that's how I feel. <laughs> There's also safety and legal considerations when you are addressing class size. So if you are going to a few more numbers, you might need legally to have another adult um, assisting. Um, check your uh, check your area for your bylaws for your rules for how what is a safe number of adults 
to uh, children. And I think um, I think you can check like with with um, camps too. Camps have a rule to how many kids they can have and how many adults they have to have supervising. So same kind of thing. Now the other thing, the important considerations is class value and pricing. So obviously, when you are offering classes, you're not going to price them the same as your private lessons. So group lessons are usually cheaper than private lessons, but you want to make sure that you factor in your costs. So if you are, uh, if you, if if each child gets a, a kit or a book or a, or a bag with their resources in it. Make sure you factor that into your costs. And the other thing that I want to mention to people is that um, you can uh, and uh, you can charge for missed lessons. Like there should never be a refund for a child that misses a group lesson. It's just like if my son misses swimming, there is no refund. Or if he misses a a, a batting skill uh, class that he goes to, if he misses one of those, there's no refunds. Your group classes should run exactly the same way. Okay, so this goes into that whole makeup lesson kind of thing that voice teachers, that private teachers really struggle with. And just FYI, this isn't the podcast for it, but you do not have to offer makeup lessons. Just getting that in there. Start thinking about that. Uh, Anyhow, so um, with your class, be sure to price yourself accordingly. Now, you can decide whether you want it to be six weeks or eight weeks. I kind of like the eight weeks, eight weeks. Eight weeks is a really good uh, length of time. We can accomplish a lot. We can learn a couple of songs. Um, And that's what we did for the introductory voice class this last semester. And it worked really well. And it also works really well with the calendar because it's March break. The kids are going to take a break. And then we're going to start up again uh, at the end of March. And we're going to go right into June. So they get to sing at the recital. I'm so excited about that. My really shy students aren't excited about that, but I'm so excited about that. Anyhow, so those are some of the important considerations. Make sure you think it through and think about your parents and your families and what they need to get through to make sure that they get there on time. Now, one of the things I will comment on is siblings. And this is something that comes up with anytime we offer group classes. Often parents are looking for opportunities where both children can be engaged for the 45 minutes or the hour or whatever the class is for. Now, I I just have one child. I have my son. and uh, But I have good friends that have two and three kids. And sitting at swimming while one kid is swimming and one kid is bored is misery. I appreciate that. So I want you to be careful if you have parents who are going to um, ask that the siblings be involved. Again, um, it it it's not a, you don't want to set yourself up as baby basically a babysitting service. And unfortunately, some parents are looking for that. They want to drop off both kids. You don't want to get involved in that. If you have a child that's in your group that is too young, it will take away from what you can offer the students who are of that age. Now, 
If you want to be a hero and offer a sibling class, that is actually not a bad idea. But I would make sure that both children are interested in singing. And it's not just that one of them is there because they want to and the other one is there because it's convenient. So just one of those teaching tips be careful, make sure you clearly define your classes, the ages, and um, the ratio, how many students you want to work with. And of course, when you are setting up the pricing. Now, one of my tips for setting up the pricing, make sure you look at what is being offered in your neighborhood uh, and what their price points are. Um, That's a really good way to see Um, where you want to set your prices. It doesn't mean you have to be lower. I don't recommend that at all. Singing is a very specialized skill. And I think that, uh, again, if you price your classes too low, you're going to become a babysitting uh, class for for busy moms and dads. Um, So look at what what other, uh, like kinder music programs or music, music maker programs, those kind of programs, see what they charge or see how much eight weeks of like, for example, my son's eight week baseball training skills camp, and this is Canadian, okay, so is $165. So American, that's like $8. No, I'm just kidding. That's a running joke with me and all my US colleagues. Everything's $8. (laughs) Or $800. You know, because if they say it's like 165 US, I would go, oh my gosh, that's like $800 Canadian. Anyhow, so $165 Canadian is how much it costs for my son to be in a baseball skills camp. So when I price my eight-week classes, I can kind of be in that area. Maybe I'm a bit more, maybe I'm a bit less. It depends on what what I'm purchasing, what um, supplies I have to provide for my students. Um, so make sure you factor that in correctly. The other thing you want to make sure that you've got set up is your policies. So how many classes will you allow them to attend before you give a refund? So if they decide after two classes that they're going to quit, um, you, you know, after what point will you not give a refund? And um, if they quit after a certain time, is there a re- like, is there a fee that you keep for your time, obviously, because you gave them a spot. So all of those policies need to be clearly defined so that your business runs smoothly and so that families know how to do business with you. So there you go. There are some important considerations when you are thinking about moving and including some small group classes in your teaching studio. So I want to go into the types of classes that you can offer. And when I was jotting down the notes and writing out the notes for this podcast, uh, I was reminded of all the different classes I've done over the years. And some of them were huge, successful classes, uh, like hugely successful. They weren't huge classes. They were hugely successful. Um, but uh, one of the ones that I've done for many years, actually doesn't have anything to do with singing, they were music 
theory classes. I love teaching theory. I think music theory is so important. And um, when I had a lot of teenagers in my teaching studio, um, some of them were doing examinations. So they needed to get the theory component uh, to get their certificates. Um, Many of my students uh, through the years have been auditioning for post-secondary auditions. They need to have the music theory. So uh, it was it was a really great opportunity for me because I love teaching theory and it was a great opportunity to help my students and for them to learn in a fun collaborative way uh, I think much more fun than self-study or independent study so I used to run um, small group theory classes and they actually really helped my family through the slower summer months so I always was pretty busy with some of my my theory classes in the summer and that brought in a bigger income um, when, uh, uh, when the summer rolled around. So I love theory classes. Now I highly, highly, highly recommend the resources at ultimatemusictheory.com. That's Glory St. Germain and her wonderful team of people. They have an amazing curriculum and, uh, they have tons of fun games. And the, for those of you who want to update your, uh, theory teaching skills, she has, one incredible online certification program, which takes you through uh, everything when it comes to teaching music theory. And it's really, really great. So I love ultimatemusictheory.com. I'm going to put a link on our podcast page. Uh, Great resources there. Uh, Great workbooks. One of the most well done theory workbooks out there. So much writing and so many activities for the kids to really learn those fundamental basic skills of music theory. So music theory classes were a ton of fun and, um, and really helped me out. The other thing, like I said earlier, I've always loved working on harmonies with my teen singers. There was a semester where I did a vocal jazz ensemble Oh my goodness, it was so much fun. So much fun. I had uh, advanced teens that had been studying with me for quite some time and they were all really good music readers. They were all confident singers. And I said, okay, guys, if you're interested, let's try some really challenging acapella jazz harmonies. And I got uh, six of them and they did some really fantastic Uh, really fantastic work together. And I really gave them some challenging pieces. And it was so much fun. Now, unfortunately, I can't offer anything like that because all of my high school students, when they, how dare they, they all grew up and they've all gone to university. And I only have a small handful of high school students. So those are off the uh, roster right now. I can't offer those. But I'm hoping to, as my little ones get older, That's my goal. I really want them to sing some harmonies. But that's a great opportunity if you're working with a lot of teenagers. Now, of course, um, performance classes 
or uh, group rehearsal classes are also a great offering. And this is something that is can be worked in um, to a weekly time slot. And it just helps our students prepare for whether it's a festival or an exam or, of course, our recitals. Uh, giving students the opportunity to perform in front of each other is so important. All those nerves and worries, all those stressed out singers they can certainly uh, benefit from that kind of class. So um, that's another type of, of ensemble class that you could offer. Um, now, the one that uh, I would love to do, uh, which would be musical theater scene work, um, where you take a, a tune from a show and you block it all out. Again, I don't have the students right now to do that. Plus, plus... There's so much musical theater stuff going on in my community. We have so many theater groups and of, for all different ages. There's one for kids. There's one for tweens. There's one for teens. Um, offering this right now wouldn't be really smart business for me because I would be competing with some of my colleagues locally and the market is saturated. And I think that is something that you need to look at when you are going to extend these types of offers. Check out what's happening in your communities. If something's saturated, is there something that you can do that complements that? Or is there another demographic that isn't being served? Now, one of the reasons why I started offering my introductory vocal class again was because um, the elementary school that my son goes to is French immersion. So they don't really have a comprehensive music program. And I know a lot of moms in the area. And when I started talking about group lessons and singing lessons, they were very excited. Oh, my daughter loves to sing, but she's very shy. And I said, no, that's, that's, that's great. Let's, let's work something out with all the kids so they can enjoy it. So in my area right now, there's not a lot of opportunities for six, seven, eight-year-olds to get their start with singing. So it's a perfect opportunity for me. And I'm having such a fun time. I can't even tell you. Well, I just did. All right. So um, when you are looking at your opportunities, look at your communities, look at your demographics within your teaching studio. What is it that's missing for them that really could be a benefit? We all know how crazy busy our families are. So unless they're crazy excited about it, they're probably not going to have the time to do it. Now, the one thing I want to mention to you uh, is adult classes. If you are working with adults, even avocational adults, so singers that are just coming back to singing and they're doing it for a hobby, they're looking for opportunities to collaborate too. And one of the things that I did, oh gosh, um, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago is I had a karaoke class. And it was for my adults. And it was really a performance class, but I wanted to make it more fun. So I said, let's just have this group karaoke class. You get to learn about using the microphone. Because a lot of my my uh, avocational adults, they love to go to karaoke. Or it's a goal that they want to be able to get up at a karaoke night and sing their face off. So I set up this, um, I think it was only a four week. Uh, and I had about eight 
eight, nine adults. Every week they got a chance to sing a song and build their skills and work on the microphone. It was so much fun. Now, a karaoke class would also be really good for our teens because are your teens interested in singing contemporary music? Oh, wait, yes, they are. Of course they are. So why not offer them a class that allows them to do that? And you can still check up on their their technique and the way they're using their voice. There's so many things that we can do. I love the karaoke classes. And again, because um, this year's been an interesting year, like I said, I lost a lot of my teenagers. So I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of finally, it's only March. So we got started in September. I'm, I'm just settling into the new energy in my teaching studio this year. I have so many little ones. I have a lot of students over the age of 55. So I have a lot of aging voices. So it's a very different feel than I had last year when I had a whole bunch of teenagers. Look at your demographics. Look at what is or is not being offered in your community and see if you can fill a niche. It can be a lot of fun and it can also bring in more income, and which is always a good thing. So ah, there we have it. That is my little, uh, little chit chat about small group classes. Now, uh, I do want to let everybody know that we have at thefullvoice.com, we have our new teacher e-guide. Uh, we have a digital download And if you've been looking for it, if you've been on my website recently, you have not been able to find it because I took the old one off because the new one is coming out soon. I'm working really hard on it and I've got uh, some really great colleagues helping me out with some of the resources and the research for it. Uh, But our teacher e-guide is everything about working with young singers and this edition will include an entire lesson, an entire chapter all about small group classes. It will also include our lesson plans from the full voice introductory vocal music classes. So if you are working with little ones, you're interested in doing the introductory classes. These are kids that might not be comfortable in a private lesson yet, and they're looking for a place to have some fun and explore their voice. So we use the introductory level full voice workbook. We use the sight singing superhero resources as well as the the vocal warm-ups and technical exercises for kids. All of those resources work so well in that introductory course uh, for the kids. And those lesson plans will be included in our new e-guide release. Now, if you are listening to this at time of release, it is mid-March and I am doing my best to get it out end of March, beginning of April. I'm so excited. It's bright. It's colorful. It's also an interactive download. So it means it has live links. So if you're looking at the download on an, on a, on a device that's uh, connected to the internet, it has links to other teaching resources. So articles, blogs, podcasts, it's so much fun. So there we have it. As always, 
I really want to thank you for checking in and uh, listening to the Full Voice podcast. If you get a second, if you are feeling kind and generous, if you are getting uh, a benefit from these podcasts, would you kindly take a moment to go to the iTunes page and leave a review? Reviews help podcasters like myself it helps us to show up in the rankings. It helps us for more people to discover our podcast. And I would love if you would uh, share the love about that. <sighs> there we are. There we are. Well, I'm going to go and start working on that e-guide. As always, I am wishing you inspired teaching and happy singing. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoemusic.ca Checking the microphone, checking the microphone, checking the microphone. That was so professional. <laughs> All right. Thanks, honey. I love you. Uh, I will have a good time talking all by myself in this little room. <laughs>